Recorded on August 30th, 2022. 2022 Florida Primaries. Welcome to the Bush Ahead Podcast, the podcast that's all about pushing the political conversation ahead, not pushing back. Hi, I'm Jamie. I'm Shelby. And I'm Pamela. And we're here to talk about the primaries. But first, we need to address the elephants in the room. Great, big, saggy butt elephants. (sighs) So many of them. So a couple of wins that they're trying to dump all over. The student loan relief went through by executive order, which is huge. And I, I recognize that's not like a wildly popular national issue. I think I saw something that only about 36% of respondents were for blanket student loan relief, which is more than half a party if you think about it. And at the same time, it is a campaign promise made yep. and a campaign promise delivered. Yep. It's funny because Trump used that as his tagline and I don't know any promises he made that he actually delivered on. They, I think he built like 20 feet of a wall. No, he just... he. The federal government actually didn't. There was a wall that they reinforced. Oh, yeah. No. It, it, yeah. No, they got Mexico to pay. For, oh, wait, that was Biden. Yeah. Yeah. So it is. It's a controversial. In fact, I was just asked yesterday what, whether the Brevard Dems is going to talk about the student loan relief. And I said, I'm just I really don't think we should because it's not even certain where it lands, even within our party. Some people think it's great. Some people think it's not. Some people think it wasn't enough. Some people think it was too much. And I think it's just going to have to shake itself out in the general populace. Yeah. My my hope is that the people who this benefits will recognize where it came from and show up in November. And hopefully it ben- enough people realize that it benefits everybody. I personally got no student loan debt, but it benefits me because it gives me a better educated populace and people that are no longer shackled to jobs that don't serve them and therefore don't serve our community that can then make some more creative choices, which is better for our economy and better for everybody. Oh, yeah. It's also better for everything they decry, like our birth rate. They weren't having babies because they were in debt. That's one of the reasons. Yeah. Now that I have babies because y'all are burning the world down, not y'all in this room. (laughs) Yeah. But millennials and Gen Z, I hope, see. I know a lot of our friends were happy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have a lot of friends where this is this is a good thing for them. People don't get it. Like my generation. I'm aging myself for anybody listening. My generation, our parents all took out student loans because they were all federal subsidized student loans at 2%. You could invest for more than that in a general savings account mm-hmm. and pay your way through college and end up making money. So I, that was my father's strategy. He did that with me. So we didn't think anything about it when our kids became of college age. Of course, you got a loan. That's what we all did. I'm grateful my kids didn't. They were super smart and we could help fill that gap too. But until we started hearing horror stories in people of your generation, I started hearing those stories about people who were paying their loans for 15, 20 years and still had owed more than they did on day one. Yeah. That's just... That's nuts. That's nuts. Yeah. And like the executive order revamped a lot of that. So if you make the minimum payments, the government is going to say, no, the extra interest can't be added on to the principal. So, so they changed that too. Okay, good. So people who make the minimum payments are they're not going to be in that situation. Another thing is that if you make the minimum payments and you have 12 grand in principle, they'll forgive that too if you've been paying for a while. And something else is that they're capping the minimum payments from 10% of discretionary income down to 5%. I like it. And the reality is it's not just that people are tied to jobs that are unfulfilling and all of that, but and the lack of creativity in the workforce But when you are the same people that are decrying the use of an executive order to make this decision for banks 
are loving when our governor makes an executive order saying local businesses can or can't do fill in the gap. Yeah. Like we all know the Republicans have a meta hypocrisy they don't like. Yeah. So 20 years ago, 10, 15 years ago, there was a law change that said that student loans were the only type of debt that couldn't be discharged in bankruptcy. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I don't watch TV because that's where the ads live. But the ads have started. I was getting very mad while watching my favorite football team. There was a DeSantis ad every break that was false and one Rubio that was really false. Oh, yeah. Rubio is like pulling his freak flag out. It's so funny because when he's not running for office, he acts like such a normal, quiet nerd that doesn't actually have a job because he doesn't do it. Then when he's running for office, he goes insane, like crazy pants. I saw the one. I was like, I've got the best Senate record and I'm yelling at my TV. No, you don't show up. You have the worst. Yeah, this isn't golf. You don't want the low score. <laughs> you don't want the low score. I like that. Yeah. And then I saw one there. He was hammering on Val Demings and taking one piece that she said something anti-America, which was probably a three paragraph statement. And they took that one little tiny clip. It's Every dude. time he says something pro-Trump, he's saying something anti-America. Exactly. <laughs> yep. All right. And speaking of anti-American pro-Trump, Trump's been having... A really terrible time. I'm so, I'm so sad. It couldn't have happened to a better person because a better person wouldn't have put themselves in the situation. There you go. Yeah. He actually posted today, why are people so mean? Right. Donald Trump mm-hmm. tweeted that? Yeah. Or tweeted. So he's not on Twitter. Yeah, he's on Parler. That or Truth. Or truth. Yeah. Has he truthed that. Yes. That platform, everything comes out of it is equally true. Yes. By the way, the platform absolutely saddled with debt, has next to no income, has huge operating expenses. This is going to be another failed Trump venture. So he's not even going to have a platform to stand on any much longer. Literally. Yeah. He's trying to merge with another company that is also saddled with debt and do an initial public offering to swindle the stock market into giving him more money. Works. He swindled everybody into supporting a campaign that doesn't exist. Yep. Yeah. He did about 60 plus posts today. Yesterday, he was raging, saying that he should be reinstated as president immediately. I heard that. Or have another election now. Right. And so the hits just keep coming. Like, my favorite thing I read today. So the RNC has, according to reports, so this isn't confirmed, back in early 2021, when Trump was saying, I'm going to start up my own third party, they got him to stop by saying, we'll pay your legal bills if you... How's that looking now? They're no longer going to pay his DOJ legal bills, according to Which tells me they know that it's about to get real. I am loving the affidavit. I'm not a lawyer, but I am a little bit of a legal geek. I saw the warrant and I went, wow, this is really bad for Trump. And then Trump was like, release the affidavit. I dare you to release the affidavit. We got it. First of all, lots of it was redacted. And from what I could read around the redacted sections, Trump is really, (laughs) really screwed. So the classified information wouldn't be in the affidavit itself because I didn't see any classification markings. But they were calling out FISA and HCS classifications. Really, all you need to know is that Trump, I would bet $20 that he didn't follow the declassification because that involves notifying the originating source. So he didn't notify agencies. FISA, the F stands for foreign intelligence. 
So he didn't notify our foreign intelligence partners. Yeah. So people have been connecting the dots. Like in 2019, Trump put out a call for a list of CIA spies, lots of names. And then in 2021, the CIA put out a bulletin warning about, oh, no, all of our spies are being killed or captured. Mm-hmm. So it is this is all shortly after meeting with Putin. No, the, the Saudi Arabians. Oh, that's correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So reading into the RNC, the excuse they're giving for not paying his bills is they told him they would pay his bills unless he's running for office because they have to remain neutral. Right. And if they're paying his bills, that's showing favoritism. That's a very handy excuse for washing your hands. I just like that he's feeling anxiety for once, for all of the anxiety he has caused everybody. Yes. Turnabout is fair play. Yes. So that's all of the elephants out of the room. Let's talk about the primaries. (laughs) So first, there's a lot to celebrate. It's so funny. Everywhere I go this week, people are looking at me with that head tilt like you do when somebody's lost somebody. How are you? Um, <laughs> I know I did it. You're good. You're my friend. And uh, and I'm good. I'm, I was angry. I was so angry for a couple of days for a lot of reasons that the languaging that I actually started diving into our numbers. And the reality is we, we were not outworked. We were not outthought. We were not out planned. We, were not, we just are out registered. The Republicans have registered 30,000 more voters in the last four years, and we've only registered 2,000 more voters in the last four years. And this race in District 1 that everybody says Ron DeSantis endorsed her, that made her win. No, it was a Republican seat. Ron DeSantis's endorsement only told Republicans, by the way, this is my this is a Republican person because mm-hmm. it's a nonpartisan election. So that worked there. And the same thing with District 5. District 5 that we had a we were closer in our voter disadvantage. We just don't have enough manpower to reach the voters down there. And I kept hearing on social media, people kept talking about voter apathy. And I just wanted to come through everybody's computer screen because I don't think voters are apathetic. I don't think they knew there was an election. We could only reach, we reached about half of the Democrats in that school board race in Palm Bay. And there's no reason for that. We have so many Palm Bay Democrats. So if you are a Democrat listening to this and you live in the Palm Bay area, I need you to show up for our city council race, which we'll come back and talk to in a minute. Voters only know what we tell them. I know we all think if you're listening to this podcast, you are not a normal person. (laughs) The two people at this table with me are not normal people. Like it's what we do. The average, but we are a tiny percentage of voters. The average voter, unless it's a presidential year, they don't even know there's an election. They're too busy living their very busy lives. So there's that. Now. Some wins. Um, everybody keeps talking about the historic low turnout. It wasn't historic low turnout at all. It was average low turnout. But here in Brevard County, 35% of the Democratic voters turned up to vote in the primary and school board races. And we didn't have candidates in the county commission races. This was just voting for our gubernatorial choice, our cabinet choices, and our school boards. That was it. And 35% of the Democrats in Brevard County showed up to vote. That deserves applause. That is amazing. And that just shows the work that we did as an organization, and also that, that there are a lot of really engaged voters. I'm going to give a shout out to my pal Shelby here. If y'all remember a few weeks back, a few months back, maybe Shelby's like, I will never knock a door. It's never going to happen. And I was like, you can't say that. You just can't say that because I need, she reached out to me. Okay. Can I canvas with you? She worked me hard. <laughs> you, that first one was just, you asked if you could. Yes. And 
Shelby, you, you did it and it, your head didn't explode. And the next thing I know, you're bringing a friend and doing it on your own. I'm so grateful for you. And you're a living testimony to the fact it didn't kill you. And we actually had a good time. So critical. You're just nodding your head, but you can give yourself a pat on the back. You deserve it. Yeah. You did something uncomfortable and it made a difference because that race, we were support, we were knocking for our district two school board race and that some more wins. That race did go to the runoff. I'll come back to that race, but I want to talk about wins. We won at least five seats in an uncontested races. We had two people running in Rockledge and they've served their community so well as Democrats, open Democrats, that nobody even ran against them. They were elected unopposed. And that's Sean Ferguson and Mike Condor. Congratulations, gentlemen. We also, the mayor of Melbourne Village, also won her seat unopposed. She's a Democrat. Also, the two two of the representatives in North Merritt Island Special District, which is a special tax district, the only representation Merritt Island has because they don't have municipalities. And those two went unopposed to Democrats. Pretty amazing for the group that people try to call ineffective. That's effectiveness. That's effective service. That's showing your ability to represent your community well enough that people just want to keep you in office. I think we also won a seat in the Atlantic unopposed. So lots of wins. 35% of our Dems voted. We actually voted for the person that won the governor's seat. Charlie Chris won Rivard County and he won the governor's nomination statewide. He selected his lieutenant governor choice, who is the president of a union in South Florida, and then our cabinet, of course. So lots and lots to celebrate. He also came out with an education plan that got me on the first bullet. Oh, good. We'll talk about that. So the point is that we lost two very important races. And it's really easy to see that first. And nothing will take away those losses. We will be feeling the effects of them for a long time to come. But there were a lot of good things in that race as well. We still have one place to do in our school boards, which is our school board that went into a runoff is Aaron Dunn in District 2. And her opponent, I will quote him in a, his name's Gene Trent. And there was a panel a few months back or two months back. And they were asked different things like, what do you think? Biggest challenges in our schools are. And he all agrees discipline is what teachers are saying is the biggest concern. And he is actually a testing coordinator in Cocoa Beach High School. And he said it's discipline. And the reason discipline is such an issue is because our teachers are handcuffed in disciplining minority students. So that means that he believes that all of our, look at this look on y'all faces, all of the problems in our schools are due to minority students and the inability to discipline them properly. That's just the most racist yeah, that, comment anybody could make. That's not even a dog whistle. That's just an air horn. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, As a teacher. No. Yeah. And I honestly think these, the parental rights people that are fighting so much for, it's the year of the parent. I'm like, what happened to the kid? And they're creating more discipline problems because they're creating entitled kids that think they can do nothing wrong. Because right. my parents have told me I have the right to do this. My parents have told me that I can, we already saw this summer, school board members were lying about incidents happening in schools and Representative Fine was running with those lies. So anyway, our schools are the last defense in defending democracy. And we need you, if you're listening to this, to show up to vote if you're in Brevard County, to help us phone bank if you're not in Brevard County, to donate to our candidates as well as the party, because we are about to spend a whole lot of money on slate cards and door hangers, which are the most effective tool we have. We'd like to also be able to do mailers. We'd like to also be able to do more text banking and those things. I hate that elections cost money, but they do. So we are going to need a lot of support. And you can find us at brevarddems.org slash donate. So when people are looking to support locally, especially, I, I work with the Chris campaign. I've talked to them often. 
Um, the Dallas campaign is a little bit more siloed, but the best thing you can do locally, we tend to get distracted by these great, amazing humans every four years or two years, and we forget our local races and we don't build that bench. And we have got to build a bench of talented candidates as well as talented support, and they deserve your support. Running this year, we've got Kenny Johnson in Palm Bay is running for re-election, and he has done the innumerable things for the city of Palm Bay. He's working on affordable housing initiatives. He was doing that the very year he was elected before it even became a huge thing. He's a great city councilman. And we've got him. We've got Kim Davis running for re-election in Cape Canaveral. We've got two people running in Cocoa Beach. We've got Alex Goines in or District 4 in Cocoa. And we've got Jennifer Kenny and Lorraine Koss both running a post one another in another seat in Cocoa. We've got a lot of races. We need your support to get that bench built. So in supporting us in those races... Here's a weird thing. We hear about Republicans talk about trickle-down economics, Mm. and we know that really the only economic system that works is trickle up. Put more money in the hands of average people, they spend it. Did we stop talking about trickling? (laughs) (laughs) And that when it comes to elections, we know when we work on our local elections that will trickle up ballot to support our governors, our cabinet, as opposed to the other one. All we do is focus on our governors, and we don't focus on our down ballot races. So we need you to support those candidates. I'm happy that a restaurateur is running in Melbourne. A great restaurateur. Have y'all ever eaten at Shaquan's? Of course we have. Here's your plug. Shaquan's. Free plug. <laughs> it's the best. Did you ever that the DG Bowl stands for darn good? It's, yeah, and Adam has served our city so well and is proudly running for city council in Melbourne. And he's running against an incumbent. But he's really, he's great for our city. Yep. I am happy about having him on the docket. We have two seats in Melbourne up. Oh, cool. Two Democrats running. And we have three seats in Melbourne, two Democrats running, one in, one in two different seats. One each in two different seats. One is running against the girlfriend of the private detective that the mayor of Melbourne hired to trail Jennifer, Kenny, Jennifer Jenkins. Oh, fun. Mm-hmm. Can I rail against DeSantis? This is how I say we language attacks on Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis doesn't even act like a Republican. Right. Republican voters, first of all, are not horrible humans, and he acts like a horrible human. They also are for local government, small government. The more local, the better. That's why they keep talking about parental rights. They say schools should be run in homes, basically. And yet he completely overrules that repeatedly. He, they have more laws that they passed this last year violating home rule. They, I can, we already talked before about the one in Key West. And actually, it's been for the last 20 years that citizens have been passing amendments and the legislature has been working against them. He overrules that. He also has forbidden businesses to do what they think is best for their business, which is not even Republican. Like, what about the free market? It doesn't exist in Ron DeSantis' world. It's his market. It's literally fascism. He is taking over the Broward County Supervisor Elections office, not just replacing the Supervisor Elections. He's, the state is taking over their office and he's using the 20 people that broke the law, which by the way, they didn't because what they're citing is that they have to have done it with intent and they didn't. And he also recently instructed, ordered, whatever dictated that our CFO disinvest all retirement funds, which by the way, they've been invested in Russia all this time. So they're like not worth anything anyway, but going forward, they cannot invest in companies that do any equity part as part of their stamp of approval as a investment company. There's, it's a, a term, I don't know, I should know what it is. It's an acronym that investment companies use to show that they consider the common good when they make investments. They consider what's good for the planet. They consider, so when you're making investment choices that you're investing, you're not buying blood diamonds. 
He's now forbidding the state of Florida to invest retirement funds in that even if they outperform, even though they do outperform other companies that don't. Right. Yeah. And so what to flip and what you can't say is that he's a threat to democracy, that he's this big, bad thug, that he just wants to punch people in the face. But he is. But the thing is that if you try to say, yeah, first of all, our side, that's not going to get them out the door because they're fatigued. It's messaging fatigue. And the other side likes to hear that. They're like, really? What's so bad about that? Can I vote for him twice? I'll try. But if you talk about, and so if you're listening to this, whatever part of this stays in, if you're listening to this and you're wondering how you can explain why we feel threatened in this climate, talk about the fact that Ron DeSantis, it's not just, I don't care if he's a bully, if that's effective and it serves your people, whatever. I care about the fact that his bullying is distracting from the fact that he's not paying attention to what Floridians are actually needing. The housing crisis that is through the roof and an inability to insure the home if you can get one. Here in Melbourne, the mayor of Melbourne is, well, there are, they're working very hard to criminalize poverty, creating poverty and then criminalizing it. He's trying to move the Daily Bread, which is a soup kitchen that provides services for homeless people. And he's trying to get it moved. It's been in Melbourne for since its inception for at least 30 years. He's trying to get it moved into Palm Bay, which is not where these working poor people live and not where they can work. But he's trying to get it moved into this place where, because nobody wants it in their backyard. I had to talk about Ron DeSantis. My, my brother's a Republican and he would love to find a Republican he can support again. Mm-hmm. He did not vote for Donald Trump. He's disgusted by Donald Trump. And he said, why wouldn't I support Ron DeSantis? So I said, he removed state's attorney from Hillsborough County. And he said, he said he wouldn't do the, his job. I said, my sheriff has said he wouldn't do the job, but that's okay. Because that's in alignment with Ron DeSantis. And he said, oh, I see. So you're saying he's authoritarian and, and would overrule everything. And I said, exactly. He's also taken four school board members off of the school board in Broward County, one who had just recently been reelected, which is another authoritarian move. So the background on the Broward school board removal, Parkland shooting, there was a grand jury convened to see if there was any wrongdoing on behalf of the school board. And this happened, I believe, April of 2021. The grand jury didn't issue criminal charges. Either a grand jury is convened, they're presented with evidence and interviews, and they say, yes, you can charge this person with a crime, or no, you can't. And instead, this grand jury, weirdly enough, issued a report. Not recommendation of criminal charges, just that it wasn't favorable to the school board members. Fast forward year and a half, just as we're getting into the primaries, getting into midterm season, DeSantis uses that grand jury report, which is just super sketchy and weird, to remove the four people from the board. Broward County is historically very blue county, very blue. And, and he's just the reality is he has the legal authority to replace people for really just about anything he wants. My prediction is that in November, because the school board stays as seated and through the election, through November election, even if all three races were over. Misty keeps her seat through November. She's working really hard to get our millage passed. She's working really hard on a couple of other issues. So they, in come November, Randy finally used his influence to make sure that his puppet is elected chair. He will then use his influence to get our current superintendent fired, who is a good man. He's a registered Republican. I love and support what he does and who cares about public schools. And then 
they'll replace any Democrats that we get elected. That's my prediction. We can certainly fight that off by getting another one elected. As a side prediction. So I'm not a fan of the every cloud has a silver lining because that's just like sometimes it's just bad getting yeah. rained on. And so why should I be looking? I don't want to look for the damn rainbow. Yeah. <laughs> but as a thought. This is going to force Moms for Liberty to rebrand because they're not going to be able to get people angry about what their puppet friends are doing on the school board. So they're going to lose a lot of momentum, a lot of that grassroots game, which is why they're pivoting into Moms for Libraries. While we're on schools, anecdotally, I'm hearing through my wife that people who were like longtime Trump fans, kind of Fox News watchers, conservative converts, are... Finally being disenchanted by DeSantis because not teaching history in schools is just too much. Like people who still have a little bit of sense. Why shouldn't we teach history in school? What are kids going to learn if they're not getting math anymore? They're not getting history. They're not getting science. Are we just going to is it just going to be daycare for it's kids? It's going to be propaganda. Yeah. And that sounds hyperbolic, but it's absolutely what I believe. And the reality is that's a plan. It's also the plan is to make our schools so weak that they can turn them into for-profit right. um, charter schools. And like that is not a winning message. That is actually turning off certain conservative Thank blocks. Thank God. Yes. Yeah. Unfortunately, speaking of God, so one of the major reasons that the Latin vote is going increasingly GOP is that as they switch from Catholic to evangelical Christianity, they are making the same political jumps as well. So it is religion driven, which is why the previously safe blue groups are no longer safe. So one way to have that conversation, because that's what this is about. One way to have that conversation, I know scripture. Like I, I was raised Southern Baptist and I'm practicing Catholic someday. Maybe I'll get it right. And there's a scripture that talks about that, that God created our boundaries and our leaders and it's so funny that the evangelicals love that scripture when their guy's in office, but they don't like that scripture when their guy's not in office. That's also why they keep saying that the election was rigged because they think that Donald Trump is still the president. But it's just that just kindly and gently pointing out these facts that, that Can I it, just kindly and gently say, you're not following Jesus. If you well, want, I would if say you like that Trump. That's how you today. shut people down. I was listening to a podcast today called Hidden Brain. I'm giving up a, a to it, one of my faves. And it talks about how people are there. You're either preaching, which is when you're trying to convert somebody or you are fighting, which is when you're, and when we say those things, we put people in that defensive mode. But if instead you say, what do you think Jesus taught? This is, and I, what I like to say is this is great. You believe what you want to believe, but I'm going to tell you as a Jesus follower myself, I, Jesus gave very few directives in the gospel. What he said was to take care of the poor, take care of the homeless, visit the people in prison and welcome the immigrants among us. That's very and love one another and like, flip tables in the synagogue. He didn't say to do that. He did it. He didn't yeah. tell he did anybody it. else to do that. So what he told people to do, and I keep telling people just calmly, when my party stops doing those things, I'll stop being a Democrat. But right now, those are things my party's doing, and I don't see them happening on the other side. And when we're talking about that, I posted the other day. If you're ever in question, people are trying to say, if you're ever in question about who's supporting you, if you're a tribe be the Hispanic community and minor any other minority community or whatever your community, tennis playing moms and sentry, look around the room and see who's there and look around the room and see who's not. I was so proud as Brevard Dems to celebrate my friends as they were celebrating their businesses at the Space Coast Black Chamber of Commerce, the, the inaugural event. It was the best 
awards event I've ever attended, hands down. It was so good. And I'm quite sure everybody else knew about that. The other party wasn't there. I didn't go to say that. I just noticed it. March for our lives. Democrats were there to show our support for safer schools. Republicans were, I know they were invited because the organizer personally invited the head of the Republican Party, as well as every Republican elected official. They weren't there. And look where they are. They're at $1,000 a dinner fundraisers. They're meeting with corporations. They're, that's where they are. And if you're a Bible person, then where your treasure is there, your heart is also. So that just tells you right there where everybody, where anybody really puts their hope. If you're ever wondering who supports you, look around and see who's there. And Ron DeSantis is focusing on the other 49 states, not Florida. And Yeah, because he's running for president and he's got more money than anybody there. You know, like right now, Randy Fine is trying to, he's suddenly creating food drives because of Joe Biden's inflation. That's his, I, I know, because he does this every two years when he's up for re-election, he starts doing food drives. He's trying to sell himself as a nice guy. I'm going to tell you is I've got screenshots of him saying babies should be bombed. I've got screenshots of him calling his local school board members, a word we probably can't use on our podcast. We've got too much evidence that what you're trying to do for a moment is so much quieter than all these things you've been yelling for two years. We can see exactly who you are. Oh, and then also today I saw right before we came on, Ron DeSantis is about to announce tax cuts. Well, we always knew that. He was also going to do his gas tax cut. Right. He can't do it. Oh, we, we don't that. have any state taxes. Right. You know, state income taxes, always state sales tax, and you can't, can't touch that. It's going to be the gas tax. And we knew he was going to do it in October, right before the midterms. Whatever. I don't, great. Everybody can save money on gas. I'm fine with that. Just remember that he didn't do it when you were actually driving in the summer. So yeah. he can't do tax cuts. Florida, state of Florida doesn't have enough taxes for him to, he can say tax cuts across the board. All he can do is change sales tax. We just don't have any, we don't have any state income tax. We have very few taxes in the state of Florida. That's why people live here. He's just pandering to the GOP that love to hear tax cuts. Yeah, I wouldn't expect that to be an actual truth. Just remember, remember everything he's done that brought us here. Remember, this is the guy that forbade local businesses from doing what they want to do, who is trying to rewrite history, not trying, demanding that we rewrite what we teach in history. Teachers are mass exodus from schools because they can't teach this altered history. George Washington had slaves, but he didn't like it. <laughs> like, I don't get the need for that. I don't love my country any less because she was flawed. In fact, I love my country more because she grew through her flaws. I personally, the Stepford wives, they didn't work out so well. Nope. It was the average wives that we all fought for. And the people that have made mistakes and errors and grown through them are the best. And that's what our country is. I have no problem knowing all the flaws in our country's history. For one thing, one of the things that makes our country so great is I can be a part of rewriting that, of creating something better for the future. My favorite two lines are from the Constitution, a more perfect union. Yeah. We must always strive for that. And then, of course, in Hamilton, it's you great unfinished symphony. Yeah. We can't. And so we get to be writing that symphony and we get, it is right now. I don't know if that's always going to be the case. So we need to make sure we're playing our part. Just remember, four years ago, Ron DeSantis ran on a lot of things and Ron DeSantis hasn't done any. Mm -hmm. He's done enough to get a picture of himself doing it. And then he's completely forgotten. He's been really loud and gotten a lot of attention talking about free Florida. And I'm just telling you, nothing that actually affects your daily life has been changed for the better. But they try to talk about Biden's inflation, and yet Florida's inflation is three points higher than the rest of the country. So that's not Biden's inflation. That's Ron DeSantis's inflation. He's not doing anything. 
and neither is a state legislature to affect your life. You have a chance to get a, at least one state legislator out of office here in Brevard County by voting for Anthony Yance, as opposed to his opponent, Randy Notsafine. You can change the state Senate by voting for Andrea Williams in state Senate 8. as a, She's running against a guy whose personal net worth is $15 million. Must be nice. Yeah. I'm sure he's really interested in what the voters of Brevard County have to say. I'm sure he's super in touch with those struggling <laughs> to put food on the table and living paycheck to paycheck. Right. There's a lot that a governor could be doing to make our lives better. And I remember when Charlie Crist was our governor. I was proud of our state. He was a Republican governor. I was a Democrat. But I consistently said, you know what? I don't hate him. He was, ran our state. I thought, do I think he languished things sometimes in a way that sounded pandering? Sure. I think he still does a little bit. I don't know what many elected officials that don't, but I know what his actions were and I know what the results were. I know that he was kind and good and generous to our president at the time, Barack Obama, which got him kicked out of his own party. The last time somebody tried to actually act like all voices matter, he got kicked out of his party and came to ours. So welcome, Charlie. You got our support. I know you'll be a very good, I know you love this state. Yes. And I know you love all the Floridians that are in it. I think it's okay to say you don't really want the voters the votes that aren't going to come your way. Fine. I was like, I, I personally wouldn't want the vote of somebody who thinks that anybody's life is worth less than the other. So I think that's an appropriate thing to say. I like him. And then as soon as I saw the education plan. So what was the sentence that caught your eye? Universal pre-K for three-year-olds. Yeah. If you don't know, my son is crazy and he's two and a half. But you know what? But that benefits all yes, of us. Exactly. For one thing, purely economic standpoint, women can go back to the workforce earlier. Yes. If they have free daycare, basically, but it is actually preschool. It's actually going to have some educational criteria in that. And our kids will be better prepared as it is right now with the dumbing down of our schools, rewriting our history programs and our civics programs. There are universities throughout the country that are not going to accept Florida graduates unless we fight back. Also, he wants to declare a state of emergency for the crazy teacher crisis. Charlie Chris does. Yes. He wants to focus more on staff pay for not only teachers, but other support staff. He wants to take politics out of learning, meaning he's not going to stand up on front of national meetings saying, I stopped woke. Yeah. We don't have to talk about the teacher crisis. Let's just stop right now, because I know if there are any Ron DeSantis fans listening to this, they're going to say, but Ron DeSantis is trying to address that by letting veterans and first responders and police officers enter the teaching profession immediately for five years without needing to get their certificate of education. They have to have 60 hours of college credit, which I know many high schoolers graduate from high school with 60 hours of college credit. And it's a terrible idea, especially the idea of retired police force, because what do you do? How do they handle an unruly mob? And what's more of an unruly mob than an eighth grade history class or gym class. It's a terrible idea. It's not, our kids won't be safe and they definitely won't be better educated. It will not solve the teacher crisis. It will simply turn them into military academies because the rest of the professional teachers are going to continue to leave. When they see these people getting $5,000 bonuses, on top of the fact that they're already getting government pensions after their 20 year military service, they're now gonna get a $5,000 bonus to come in and take over their jobs. Yeah. And we've treated them with no respect all this time. No. Yes. Let me become a nurse because I have 60 hours of an associate degree. Right. right. Really. Or any other profession whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a teacher. That's what I do. That's what I did. So So. I don't know if you want all of your teachers teaching your kids, but I know you don't want politicians doing it. No. Right. Right. So 
What's next? What do we do? What's next is, thank you. How to defend democracy, because democracy is worth fighting for. That's become our tagline with Bavard Dems, because I really do feel like that's where we are. What's next is we will be immediately moving to conversations with the doors, supporting three different areas in the county. We have a person running in Titusville City Council. We're supporting her race along with Andrea Williams for state Senate at the same time. That's about 9,000 Democrats that we need to be reaching. We're supporting all of Aaron Dunn's school board race with a focus in Cape Canaveral, Cocoa Beach, and Cocoa, because we also have municipal city council races there that we're supporting. We're supporting Anthony Yance for State House 33, and that's also supporting Kenny Johnson for Palm Bay. Uh, in addition, we have other races that we're going to be working on through phone banking and text banking and emailing. But those conversations at the doors. So, Shelby, you talked to a few people. Do you remember any of the conversations you had with people? Just said hi. <laughs> and so while you're there. Yeah, I said hi. Don't forget to vote on the primary. Hope you have a good day. <laughs> so I remember so many conversations that I would have with people and they're really some of the most rewarding things we do. So that's the next thing we do is work on building that bench by winning our municipal races and supporting our governor's race at the same time and our Senate race. We've got to get Val Demings Please. elected and Marco Rubio out. We are trying to put together a rally on September 18th if we can get enough of our candidates. Sometimes it's worse than herding cats because they're all focused on their own races, which are spread throughout our 69 mile long county. It's a long county. We have two people running in Barefoot Bay as well. So the next thing to do is those races. Mail ballots go out October 13th, I think. So we'll be working on, you're going to hear from us again a lot between now and then, but we will be going back with door hangers that everybody has a mail ballot. Here's something we need to know. On November 9th, everybody's mail ballot expires. Everybody's, even if you use it. This is new. It used to be if you used it, you got it automatically. So we will be, after the election, working very hard to make sure people have mail ballots in hand for 2023 local elections and 2024 presidential election. So if you have it, if you turn it in on November 10th, that request, it will go through November 2024. The reality is, if I could get this through his heads, Republicans don't want you to vote. Yeah. That all of these changes that, that they're making, claiming it's because they think it's election fraud, when there is no evidence of election fraud, these changes are because they don't want certain populations to vote. And Blue this- counties in the state of Florida had two weeks of early voting, and they went through Sunday because traditionally the black community has done souls to the polls the Sunday before election day. They go to church, then they all gather and they go to vote because they've fought and died for their right to vote. And they take it seriously as they should. Our county had one week of early voting and it ended on Saturday. That And not being able to drop off mail ballots except when the SOE offices are open and they close at five. So if you have a job that's not convenient to an SOE's office, you probably can't get there before five. So a lot of those mail ballots just don't get acknowledged because you can't turn them in. You can't turn them in at early polling places. You can if there's somebody there. So that's all these changes are intended to. And this was after Donald Trump won our state, handily won our state. Statistically a landslide. Yeah. I would just ask myself, if anybody wanted me not to vote, I would want to know why. Exactly. What are they afraid of? Are they afraid of your voice? Yeah. Use your voice. Guess what? I don't care if Republicans vote. I want you to vote. I don't care who you vote for. I would love you to vote for my candidates, but I need you to use your voice. Yeah. If people don't want you to vote, what are they afraid of? Are they afraid of actual Americans demanding what they want from their government? When people say they don't trust the government, I'm like, that's in your hands. You are the government. You literally create that government. So don't let them take that power from you. Let's show up at the ballot box. I don't care how hard they make it. The Moors died 
so that people could vote. Never forget that. And we need to all show up and make sure everybody else that we know gets that message as well. So that's what's next, Jamie, to answer your question. All Bad right. people we are will have with good people who don't vote. We're starting phone banking now. Really, truly, if you've never phone banked, you can do it from anywhere you are. It's super easy. We prepare you with all the words to say. We've got great training happening via Zoom. I think twice a week, Lisa's doing our training. So we've got phone banking going on continuously. We'll be knocking doors starting next week. Wherever you are, there will be a meeting in your community next week with the district locally on a district level. They're super great and fun. And you can find out more information at brevarddems.org. If you like what you're hearing, you guys, I run into people all the time like, I love your podcast. Tell somebody else, please. Please. Don't tell us. Tell your friends. You can tell us too. I like hearing it. But tell your friends. And if there's something you don't like, you can email us. At pushaheadpod at gmail.com pushaheadpod at gmail.com. I'm really proud of this work. I'm as proud of this podcast as I am anything else that I do in support of democracy. So if you're enjoying it, please let your friends know and let us know. Just shoot us an email saying, hey, keep up the good work. Yep. Or hey, stop doing that. We'll listen to it all. Yep. Uh-huh. Or if you want us to talk about stuff, email us and we'll talk about it. And if you think you've got something that the community needs to hear, we'd love to have you join us too. Uh-huh. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, I sent the account an email today just to make sure it was working. <laughs> Did you get it? Yeah, it okay. went through. It works. Good. So Jamie's emailing himself. Please email us. We're lonely. We're sad. <laughs> yeah. All right. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. If you got something out of this and know of anybody who cares about what we're saying here, please share. Word of mouth is everything in the grassroots game. If we're awesome, tell a friend. If we're not, tell us how to get better. This has been another episode of the Push Ahead podcast. Please reach out to us via Twitter at push underscore ahead or subscribe to our podcast in your podcatcher of choice. You can find relevant links to the stories that we're talking about in our liner notes on our website at pushaheadpod.com. The music is Super String Theory by Lobo Loco.